copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 116. Be on the lookout for Eddie Griffith. Described as American, age 23, height 5 feet 10 and 1 half inches, weight 148 pounds, has chestnut hair, brown eyes. This man is wanted for robbery. Step on it, boy. Rosie's work. Announcer Rosenquist radios to a patrol car, step on it, boys. The car, which is intruding so slowly, leaps suddenly into action. Rio Grande cracks gasoline is sprayed into each cylinder. And because it is so finely cracked, it burns instantly, creating acceleration and power that sends the police car roaring to the rescue. Los Angeles police say no other gasoline will such acceleration and power as Rio Grande cracks. That's why all Los Angeles City's fire engines, radio cars, ambulances, motorcycles, have used nothing but Rio Grande cracked gasoline for three successive years. The patented, exclusive cracking process gives Rio Grande decided advantages over all other gasoline. Police in other cities have also found that Rio Grande cracks test faster, more powerful than others. So in Oakland, Berkeley, and in Maricopa County, Arizona, in all the West, Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline powers more police and emergency cars than any other brand. And now we present Chief James E. Davidson of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davidson. Good evening, friends. I wish to thank the sponsors of this program for their foresight and civic-mindedness in preparing and presenting the program arranged for your entertainment tonight. It serves a dual purpose. It assists the Los Angeles Police Department in presenting to our many thousands of listeners a vivid picture of what the migratory criminal problem really means to police agencies. At the same time, it should serve to make American citizens anxious to preserve their peace and security more conscious of their duty toward the police in cooperating with them and supporting them in their unceasing efforts to protect the lives and property of our people. The killer, whose career of crime will be unfolded for you here this evening, was a typical migratory criminal who entered the state in the parlance of a hobo by riding the rod and hitchhiking. He carried with him a gun which he had used in Seattle to murder a policeman. Although he was but 23 years of age, he came into California without money, without any visible means of support, and obviously with no intention of working or giving to this state any service whatsoever in return for what it might give him. But on the contrary, as our police records show, he sought to forage in green pastures even if he had to rob and kill to do so. He was a typical, vicious criminal who called himself Young Billinger and committed burglary and robbery over the length and breadth of Oregon and California. 
Tonight's story is the true story of one migratory indigent whose criminal career under a proper fingerprint and border patrol program might have been nipped in the bud. Seattle, Washington. Late on April evening in 1934, a Seattle police sergeant enters his house. Why not? Break my neck. 
Sleeping at all. Just got in there, huh? Well, you yeah, were just a little while ago. Thanks. Been on one of his tours. Gone two days this time, and I'm getting sick and tired of it. Well, you're afraid to wake him up. We'll have to. Very well, but you better be careful. He's awful mean tempered. Don't worry, ma'am. I think we can handle him. All right, then. He's in that bedroom in there. Well, yeah, I can hear you. Come on, you. Wake up. You've got to take him harder than that. Okay, come on, wake up. There's those nerves behind his ears, son. That'll bring him up in a hurry. Okay. All right, now, wake up, I said. Oh. 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 Get up and get your clothes on. No, way, I'm... Get up. You're under arrest. Under arrest? Hey, that is guy's the one that's without getting arrested. Not when he holds up Weston. What? I suppose he didn't hold up that cat he sat on 7th Street last night. Excuse me. Where were you last night? Down at sales joint. Sunshine. It doesn't look much like the description of that thing. I know, but we'll get a man enough to spill. Down at sales joint, huh? Well, look who's over. No. 
the two detectives, forced the suspect to scrutinize carefully the pictures of criminals in the huge robbery flat mug book. But Ben does not recognize any of them as his friend of the night before. Finally. Well, there's the last page. Is any picture here, Ben? No. Looks like he hasn't got a record. How about it, Ben? Had he ever been in trouble before? Well, I don't know. Think carefully now. It seems like he said something about a beef up in Frisco. Up in Frisco? Well, there's something else. Get down there, San Francisco, Mud Book, will you, Tom? Sure. There we are. Gee, do I have to look for this one, too? I'm getting hungry. We'll get something to eat after you find out his picture. Yeah, but gee, I'll get these boys over. No. He ain't there. How about here? No. Well, there's plenty of pages. Lots of time. See him on this page? Yeah, that's him, I think. This one here? Jack Thomas, alias Jack Newton, alias Eddie Griffith. Is that the guy, Eddie Griffith? The name never looks enough like him to do a kid brother. Probably him, then. That's what you said 40 years ago. San Francisco, number 440512. Well, would you look at this mug's record, Tom? Picked up in Seattle when he was only 11 years old for staying out late. Sent to person from San Francisco for a stick-up when he was 16. He's a tough guy, all right. He won't do when we get through with him. We don't stand for young bums running around with cats in this town. Fearing for the consequences of his friendship with the young hoodlum with a long record, then leads the officers to an apartment on South Lorenzo Street, where he had stayed with Frank and Eddie. But when they arrive, the apartment is unoccupied. The detectives summon the landlord. Yes, gentlemen, what was it you wanted? I'm looking for the boys who have this apartment. You know anything about them? No, I don't. I never tried into my tenants to fail so long as they pay the rent. When were they here last? Well, they were here last night, I'm sure. They left yesterday afternoon with a couple of miles. I've seen him drive away in a tan Chrysler. Yeah, probably stolen. Yes. That's what I found in this desk drawer. What? Scrap of paper. Says straight down Clinton to last month. Turn to left. Last month theater. And here on the back is a map of the theater lobby showing the position of the box office. Does that mean anything to you? Sure. Last month theater was robbed in daylight last week. And our friend Eddie Griffith probably did the job. You know anything about that one, Ben? No. no we'll take Eddie's mug to the manager of the theater. Say, do your tenants leave their cars back there in that yard? A lot of them do. Why? I just wondered. Got a hunch, Tom. Let's look over those cars that are out there. Okay. There's a real entrance right at the end of the hall. Come on. Let's go see if the license plate check with the numbers on the registration slip. You got a Tom? Yeah, not a bad idea. Certainly, it's 
And I've got a hunch when we pick up a damn crashless coupe with license number 733986 on it. I'm going over to the last Montana to check that job against Teddy's picture. Manager of the Larchmont Theater and the manager of the restaurant on 7th Street both identify Eddie Griffith's picture as that of the man who held them up. Searching now the case against the fugitives, the officers broadcast the bulletin, containing his picture and description to every police station in the United States. And across the state of California goes the clattering of the police teletype, picking out doom for Eddie Griffith. Wall points attention. Project 14. Be on the lookout for Chrysler Coupe. License number 7G3986. Arrest occupant, hold and notify James E. Davis, Chief of Police, Los Angeles. Working busily on a dozen different angles of the case, the detectives uncover information which results in another message. A day later, to Chief Bodie Wellman, Oakland, California. Calling attention to our all-points broadcast number 14. Information just obtained indicates that occupants of Chrysler Coupe referred to may have gone to your city. We are looking for one Eddie Griffith, American, age 23, 5 foot 10 and a half inches, 148 pounds, chestnut hair, brown eyes, last seen wearing blue overcoats. He is accompanied by Stella Bonelli, Cora Rossi, and another man known to us only as Frank. We hold warrant for robbery and assault with a deadly weapon against Griffith. Appreciate intensive checkups to ascertain the two suspects are now in Oakland. James E. Davis, Chief of Police. Los Angeles. And ten days later, while Eddie Griffith races south toward Los Angeles, the electric courier of the law flashes invisibly past him, heralding his coming long before he has reached the far-flung city limits. Regarding your all-point broadcast number 14 and teletype number 24, Eddie Griffith, Frank Barber, Stella Bonelli, and Cora Rossi held up Store here this afternoon. Barber was shot by the proprietor, but the other re-escaped the chance to pay toward Los Angeles. They're holding Barber for attempted robbery and ADW. B.A. Wallman, Chief of Police, Oakland, California. Boy, that's great. You better stake out sales, Jimmy. Eddie will probably lay low. One of these dames will kill himself. He'll be sending her out to get the load out. Right. For all of one sleepless night and half of the next day, Detective Connor and Divine stake out Sal's joint. And then, toward evening, I had some fellow down the street. Sure, sir. Sure. Couldn't it? Ben said he was up to half fine. Tough looking in this, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Beg your pardon, sister. On your way, mother, I'll call a cop. That won't be necessary. We'll just step into the squad car, Miss Benelli. We'll take you for a little ride. Oh, what's a big idea? I just want to question you a little, that's all. Say, look your point. I wouldn't want to have to get rough with such a little girl. Now get into that car. Finally, he comes under the officer's death psychology. Gives them the address where Eddie is staying. And at 1 a.m. the following morning, after a six-hour freakout, Cora walks into the trap set by the law. But Eddie is not with her, and she will not divulge his whereabouts. Cruising the neighborhood with the recalcitrant girls, they come upon the Chrysler Coupe with the stolen plate, abandoned. Next day, the report to their superior officer, Captain... But we did get some good prints of Eddie from the car. Fine. Now, what about the girl? They admitted their part in the Oakland robbery, but they didn't deny knowing anything about the Larchmont Theater or the 7th Street job. Uh, a couple of hard mouths, Captain. I suggest you let them loose and then put a tail on them. 
Sooner or later, they'll lead us to Eddie. I wish I could be so sure. Well, what do you mean? That's good. I think they're too smart to fall for it. Well, let's try it anyway. Okay, Skipper. Anyway, I've got another lead on Eddie. Uh, what's that? I've just received a tip that he's strike-breaking in San Pedro with Roy Saper, Frank Barnamore, and Lear Capasa. You know, they're the guys that we want for that band job last week. I've sent Chambers and Johnson down there to pick them up. We'll wait for the report. Hello, Bill. How do you like this talk with you? I don't. This 12-hour shift is killing me. You guys in the detective bureau got to stop. Yeah, we don't work 12 hours. We work all hours. And your feet on a desk in City Hall. Go on, Bill. You know how easy you guys in uniform have it. I'll say it. How are you doing down here? Looking for a couple of strike breakers that are pretty good at breaking back. Oh, who are they? I know most of the boys. Well, look at these pistols. And they're probably using phony names. Oh, I know these guys. They're working just down the dock here. All right, come along with us. I think they're unloading this copy ship. Yeah. There they are now. Coming down the game plan. Come on. Uh oh. They've seen us. All right, boys. Stand right where you are. Hey, come back here, you two. They're running up the game plan. Tackle up, Aston Johnson. Come on. Maybe these cuts will keep you quiet. What's up in your idea? What's your guys want? All right, shut up. Take care of them, Bill. Johnson and I are going to search the ship for the other two. Eddie Griffith, once more, had eluded the law. He and Bonomo successfully escaped from the ship's bilge, and although within a few days the robbery squad picked up Bonomo and Capasso, the other members of the bank robbing trio, and subsequently sent them to San Quentin, Eddie remained at large. A month passed. The constant shadows kept on the two girlfriends of Eddie's relentless but fruitless. Wise to the ways of the underworld, they realize they are being followed. Remain away from Eddie Griffith. Finally, Connor and Divine bring them in once more for questions. What's that big idea? You guys had us in here once and we proved to you we was clean. Yeah, and ever since we've had the privacy of a goldfish. I wouldn't be surprised if you birds watched at the windows when we went to bed. Keeping pounds of badges, that's what you are. Are you all true? Not by several mouthfuls, I ain't. Well, then shut up and I'll tell you what the big idea is. They want Eddie Griffith. Well, don't get him. You're going to help us. Oh, no, we ain't. Now, we have good reason to believe that you know where he is. How come? You know what kind of toothpaste we use. You certainly ought to know if we've been hearing from him. We're reasonably certain that you have, man. Well, we ain't talking, please. Oh, well, that's a relief. Now, listen to me. You girls are in a bad spot. There's a rap waiting for you in Oakland. Maybe before we're through, we'll hang a couple on you down here. If you acted like ladies, it might go easier. You know, I hate to see a couple of kids like you going the wrong way. Why, well, here you are, just at the age when you ought to be having a good time, wearing pretty clothes, thinking of marrying up with some nice guy and raising a family, and look at you. Dressed in dirty slacks, traveling around the country with a couple of stick-up artists. Why, if they was big shots, it wouldn't be so bad. But there are a couple of tin horns. You got a mother, Cora? No, she's dead. Oh, that's too bad. I wonder what she's thinking up there if she knows what a jam you're in. Well, I don't know. And how about you, Stella? Does your mother know what you're up to? No. Well, how would you like to have her know about it? No. No. How would you like to have her write your letters and care the woman's prison at the hatchet? No, I don't want her to know. She thinks I got a good job down here in L.A. Well, Bill, what about it? Well, listen, you want to do the right thing. I'm sure you do. Look, if we tell you where Eddie is, will you let us go? Well... We'll do everything we can for you. Pump 
completely swayed by the shrewd psychology of the two officers, the girls lead them to Eddie's hideaway on Boulder Street. But again, the officers arrive too late. Eddie has escaped. And that night another holdup occurs in which Eddie is described by the victim. And then two days later, Captain Siegel receives a letter from the Seattle Police Department. He sends for Connor and Devine. Boys, I've got a letter here that'll interest you. From the Seattle Department. They say, the Eddie Griffiths referred to in your bulletin is known to us as an incorrigible juvenile. We last heard of him when he was sent to Preston from San Francisco. However, investigation of recent holdups and the murder of Police Sergeant Donovan in April point to this subject as a suspect. Several victims have identified Griffith's picture as man who held them up. And the single witness who saw a man leaving Sergeant Donovan's house after he was murdered feels reasonably sure that Griffith is the man. Please inform us if you have placed him in custody that we may begin extradition proceedings and bring him back here for questions. <laughs> well, boys, what do you think of that? Well, it's like this case is bigger than we thought, and the bums wanted for murdering an officer, eh? No, we'll never stop until we get him. I was getting a little tired of all this trouble for a speaker artist, but this changes everything. Oh, pardon me this moment, please. Captain Seeger speaking. Yes? Yes? Okay, thanks. Well, boys, maybe this is your last day on the case. Well, what do you mean? Things are happening fast. I was a tip that Griffiths was leaving town. He used to meet a pal of his at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. Now, that's just an hour and 15 minutes from now. Call the boys in. Yeah. In the captain's office, you guys. Now, boys, we're going to pick up Eddie Griffiths at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. Oh, they're holdups. Well, he isn't only a holdup guy. We just learned that he's wanted for the killing of a police officer in Seattle last spring. Now, listen. I want you all to get a good look at his mug. See? So that you recognize it. Here's the plan. Captain Berger, you and your partner will be parked in the car on 7th Street heading west, as close to the corner as you can get. Carter, you and Devine park on Alvarado heading north. Chambers on 7th heading east. Johnson, put on a pair of overalls and hang around the northwest corner by the park. Now, you two men hide in one of the stores on the northeast corner of Alvarado. Use your own car so that you won't cause any suspicion. As soon as you see him, close in on from all sides. I don't want any slip-ups on this. Bring him in dead or alive, but bring him in. Within 15 minutes, the men are staked out. A fine position at the corner of 7th and Alvarado, looking as little like police officers as possible. Traffic streams past the busy corner. Hundreds of people in the noon hour luncheon crowd hurry by, oblivious of the tense group of police. Eagerly stand each passing face, each taking automobile. Ignorance of the fact that at any moment this intersection may become another battlefield in the war against crime. Finally, after an hour's nerve wracking alertness, divine systems with the areas. Where? That's where Ford Road stood in the north of Alvarado. Still a bit Turn the lights again. Can't help that. Take a chance. Take him down, Johnson. Hey, what is it? You're under arrest for robbery and murder. Pass huh? the cuffs on him, Jeff. Get a 30 acres of camp and a 45 in the left hand pocket of the car. Into the car, you. What's your name, buddy? My name? Young Gillinger. Yeah? Well, my name's Young Melvin Purvis. Let's go, Connor. Hey, 
that means it certainly takes a lot of them detectives to arrest one young kid. So, it went with this cop killer. Eddie Griffith was returned to Seattle, where he was tried and convicted, and is now confined in prison for life. In checking the records of vagrants, street and resident beggars, and panhandlers, we find that 60% have criminal records. The sheriffs of various California counties and the peace officers of other states have cooperated with us in our programs to expose and stem the movements of floating criminals. Because of Eddie Griffith and thousands of his ilk, the Los Angeles Police Department has deemed it necessary to set up hobo blockades in the belief that the solution of this problem will be found in attacking the source. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, although police of many western cities have specified Rio Grande class gasoline because of its greater speed and power, they have also discovered on checking their operating costs that cracked is also the most economical gasoline. Rio Grande's patented cracking process creates a faster, more powerful gasoline that burns efficiently without waste so that every drop turns into power. That's the kind of performance you want in your car. Police car performance. And you can get it at no extra cost. Just drive into the independent Rio Grande dealer in your neighborhood. He'll give you genuine cracked gasoline with perpetual effort at no higher price than uncracked, unbalanced gasoline. And if you've got youngsters in your family, ask about the free gift, the complete junior detective outfit that we are now giving away to every user of Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline. Attention all cars, cancellation of death 116 regarding Eddie Griffith for robbery. This case is now closed. That's all. Rose and Chris. This is Elizabeth Edward Lindsley bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Air Company.